Hey, welcome everyone to the Reflux Blue Show. I'm your host, Donovan Beery, recording from the 1119 Corporate Headquarters, and I have with me co-host Adam Bame. Adam! Hello. And we have with us the fantastic designer back to the show, Justin Kemmerling. Justin, how are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me back. Now, we actually spoke to Archie Boston last year when you were originally scheduled on, and it was fun because he, we, we talked about he had self-published a book towards the end of his career. I mean, I think, I think Archie does still do some design work, but, but I guess it, it was almost towards the end of his... Uh, it was, it was in the latter half of his... I don't know how to word this right. It was in the latter half of his, his career. Yeah, and he, he was coasting, maybe? Like, no, no, no. No, he's, no he's you know, Archie, Archie don't coast. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean he, he had... I would assume that the majority of his work was, was, in, the, was, in, the, was in the past. Yeah. And that, that doesn't mean anything, per se. But he's saying... <laughs> but he, he mentioned, I asked, like, what type of advice he would give. And he said... You know, if anybody has work that he thought, and I'm going to paraphrase because my memory is not good enough from a year ago, but he's like, if, if anybody has work that they think is of note, and even if they're like in the middle of their career or something like that, he thought that self-publishing a book was, was kind of his advice and kind of throw your stuff out there. And I said, that's great because, well, we're here to talk to you about self-publishing a book. Yep. Very much middle focused, so that aligns with what he's saying. In that case, the book is called "In the Middle of Everything" and is by Justin Kemmerling. And I think I mentioned back when when he self published his book, which was like twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit more. I'm assuming, obviously, there's certain things that are harder and certain things that are easier. He had to order a large quantity of books because there weren't places where you could just order a dozen books. So I'm assuming you didn't have to, you you're, you know, you're not going to be 20 years later still have like a couple hundred copies of this book that, that are still on the first print run. Right, that's right. I think like it is a little different now, I suppose, like resource-wise. I did look into the full print run and, you know, a legitimate printer and like the specs and whatnot. And it is a pricey endeavor making a book. Printing a book, um, so publishing in general, I, I got a lot of sympathy for the people who work in that industry because it seems pretty tricky. But yeah, the print-on-demand options out there today, fantastic, you know. And the quality of the print-on-demand over the last ten years has just gone crazy oh, yeah. better. I've looked into a few things. I'm not I mean, saying I'm not saying the offset isn't better still. I'm just yeah, saying that yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I would prefer that. Around the time I was making this one, like the Draplin book came out, and like you know that's a beautiful book, and like put together pretty, pretty like just you can tell, you know, it's a it's a legitimate book. And this, you know, this was done with Blurb.com is the service, and I've looked into a few over the years just because, you know, having options to do smaller projects and print runs and how to showcase your work, you know, is always kind of an interesting thing just to think about. And like this one seems to be the best one, you know, I just do it all. In InDesign, they got a little template and comes out pretty good. We make like a like a at this co-working space. We've been doing like a book to kind of commemorate the year after every year, and it's like fifty pages or something. But you know, I just like books a lot too. Like making books. Like I I make a lot of websites during the day, so like making a book is different, new and exciting. Feels more real. Yeah, I mean, it I do, has I, heft. 
we're the same. We do we do the majority of my work has always been websites. Mm-hmm. But anytime you get the print thing, for some reason, it feels like it's more official. Even though less people see it, yeah, right. Um, it might disappear faster. But yeah. there's just something different about actually a physical object. Yeah, and I mean, I still even at home, you know, I have all my design books on a shelf like it sits on a shelf like it, it's there you know it's there it's like looking at you so there's there's things just about like it's up there propped up and ready and it exists you know in a way so the book is an idea it's like I, i'd like to do more books and so more book projects i think they complement your time doing like pixels pretty well and so i gotta i gotta ask what was the idea where you said I've got enough work. I want to. I want to self-publish a book about me. The ten-year like, mark of being independent was like I think a driving like oh, a decade. That seems like a big deal. So a good way to sort of put a stake in the ground. Like I made it a decade. This is my career packed in. Um, I have a lot of fond memories of being in college and like just the Sagmeister book, the uh, Tell Me Why, which was a Carlson Wilker book. And then recently, like James Vittori's book, the Who Died and Made You Boss, the Beirut book, like all those books, it's just like that's all their work put together and just assembled. And like the stories about like how the projects came to be, like the, the behind the scenes tales, you know, that are maybe a little bit more honest, more real, like kind of like the philosophy of what made them design the way they did. And Sagmeister, I think, was probably my favorite just because there was lots of weird stuff in that book, the Made You Look book. That was a long time ago. but So but, I wanted something well, well, like that. Yeah, I, I mean, Sag, Sagmeister's got some stories. Yes, yes. He Let's did. say that. Let's He's, just say that. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, so like decade, like, and then today everybody talks about, you know, the perfect portfolio website, like how to craft your portfolio and do you need a printed book version? And so like this is like, well, I just have a book book. The, the new portfolio website is a book and like this is it so if I ever want a job or something I'll just ship them the book and be like here here you go and like that seemed to be like I'd rather spend my time doing that than like a new portfolio website because my portfolio website is just a Squarespace site you know it's easy to update and keep current and nothing says professional web designer like Squarespace website <laughs> I know, right? portfolio exactly. Adam, Adam Keynote Squarespace is where it's at <laughs> so you drop this book on me like that's legit <laughs> it's always the delicate dance yeah recently I was thinking about redoing my website but instead I just changed the font she's like oh that's enough it's a time saver. <laughs> it makes a huge... I saw that, though. It makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah. And they're kind of weird fonts. You know, everybody loves weird fonts now, so why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never... I don't think I've ever gotten or lost a job because my company website is set in any sort... Any typeface. Right, yes. So what's on that website? Yeah. The typeface sets the words in. Yeah. I have gotten jobs for, like... Like the principles thing, like I got principles in here, like whenever you're going to start on your own, I think it's a good idea to sit down and write your principles on paper just so you got them. And so those, when I did that, when I, when I went on my own, I wrote out my principles on paper and put that on my website and I had to get a job because of those. So like it does work, but you know, the, nobody commented on the font. Right. <laughs> really like your font here, man. Let's hire you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but when your principles say like one, charge client as much as possible, two, do anything for cash. Yeah, that's. Um, you know, you you get some questionable work, but exactly, it, but, you, but you get work. <laughs> exactly, different types of work. 
my, one of my principles was to annoy certain people, and, and that aligns very well with the whole politics of things. So it's a very specific set of principles, not just like make your process enjoyable, yada, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. And I think that's never a bad thing, even if you never even publish them. You have to have some sort of yeah overarching yeah. thing that, that says, who are you? Right, because you will get those moments when you're like, I have competing asks, you know, this I can take or this I can take. What should I take? And, you know, it may not be a matter of money or time. It may be something else. So, like, how, what helps you make those decisions? You know, opportunity costs over here. If I take this, I won't be able to do this. What is sort of adding up to my vision for what I want? What do my principles say I want this business to be kind of thing? And you even mentioned in your book that sometimes you you get the project that you want the most and you have to say no to it yeah that has happened that is there have been a couple that have stung but yeah it's just one of those things that so how do you know i mean what how do you know that i have to say no to this work it's a uh, i think there was one moment in particular when it was like if i take this it could destroy me <laughs> it's like i don't want to be destroyed yet there are um certain things when when you're solving problems, doing design, whatever, looking for opportunities, there is like a level of like putting like a square peg in a round hole. And like, you know, maybe you're in your, the design process like rounds that square, like it, it figures out a way to change the shapes so that they match. You know, it's, it's hard work. So it's like, do I want this to just totally consume me while I have all this other stuff to do? So there are all these like types of things like, Early on, there were times when I didn't have as many commitments, so I could take on those projects and almost like you know go into a self like doom spiral loop that just like consumes you all and like come out the other side and maybe you're okay, maybe you're not. Right. <laughs> so those moments early when you're just like, let's just take all the wild stuff and see what happens. And this extremely last minute vague request, like just jump in and yeah, I'll do it. Like, you can do that at some moments, and then other moments you just know you can't because there you're just, it's impossible. And it's good to be honest with yourself about the impossibility so that you don't just burn it all down. Right, and all the, and all the great projects come in all at once, too. There's and, a weird thing with that. And, and so sometimes you say yes to one, and, and that's why you have to say no to the other. Yeah, exactly. So opportunity costs, they can, they're, they're, they're real, right? <laughs> Okay, we're going to be right back with Justin Kemmerling. Okay, Justin, for people who want to buy this book, since you don't have these stocked in your garage, where do they go? The website for it, in the middle of everything.co, you can buy it there still. Initially, they were all sold out, and I was kind of done with it. I did it last year for a good chunk of the year, but I got some more requests and thought we could, we could do it a little bit more. So this show, we could talk about it, and... Just see how many more. I have talked to some students, you know, the UNL students, UNL students. That's my little book tour, I suppose. I always like to talk to students about design and work and how to make an independent business go. And the, the book has good topics in it to bring to them. And then they can take it home with them if they want to put it on their shelf and then can look at them when they work. But, you know, inspiration. Obviously, your work in here is very good. But I think that there's something about it. Midway through the book, the book I think both got more interesting and the work got better when all of a sudden um, it became very apparent that you were going to not do work for half the population. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I'm not going to say that it's because you don't do work for half the population. I'm just going to say that I think your work and your opinions became more pronounced. And it obviously, there's more of yourself has been thrown into the work. And I think that's why it turned out better, not necessarily who it was for or who it wasn't for. Right. Yeah, there's, when kind of thinking about like designing for causes or politics, you know, because in a lot of the design annuals when I was younger, like there'd always be like a public service section, you know, so that's cool, you know, doing like a poster for somebody. Then there are like, you know, more campaigns and you're kind of like doing a bunch of pro bono work. And I think like the stuff that I've been fortunate enough to like work in, like is like, I'm kind of like part of the, the team in a way. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not like part of the organization, but it's more like I am the design resource for said organization. And it's like some of them have been like 10, 11 years long. And it's like we do all this stuff and like some like part of their movement efforts and like design can find a way to be very entwined in the message that they're sending. So it's like community organizing, speeches, mobilization, getting out the vote and design is like, there for all of those parts along the way and like I think just doing that enough you get better and make it it seems like it's more like authentic to the actual movement that it's part of and like just because of so many hours have been put in it's not like I'm just outside looking in it's like more of a part of the whole journey of the organization that just makes the work better I'm also assuming that it's closer to your heart or whatnot yeah environmental causes like yeah, like those types of, you know, because designers like to be inspired by interesting clients, brands, and like causes are are no different where you're like, this person is like, I find like Jane Klebb is very inspiring and like the people from the Omaha Community Foundation, Callie Baker is very inspiring. Like what they want to do like for the city, for the environment, like, yeah, I want to be a part of that and use my design to try to help inspire people and get them to donate more and get involved more be on the ground marching protesting whatever um, those types of things and it should be noted I think if, if you if you work for causes or a lot you work for a lot of causes a lot of nonprofits these clients do pay though yeah the because uh, I think a lot of times people think that I'd like to donate my time and that not saying you shouldn't but that there is actually a budget on some of these things yes and I think like I have definitely had my fair share of, you know, just doing stuff for free just because that was how I was like, oh, I can volunteer and I'll have my regular job. And then in the evening, I'll volunteer and do some peace organizations website or do some protest posters. And you know, that was just kind of like, oh, I just want to do it. Like I got all this extra time, like the time when you have two jobs, you know, you're like fresh out of school and you're like, I have my, my day job and then my night job. And you know, I wanted to f- figure out a way to do my night job during the day full-time but it's not quite there yet so I'll just sort of do this dance until it can be and then when it does get to that point yeah then you have to get paid for that stuff <laughs> so, right it's it's hard to quit the day job for no money night exactly job. exactly wise words but yeah everybody's got to have a budget and to you know got to have a budget to play the game I suppose you know it's like Politics has their their certain amount of like donors and fundraising and you know it's not gonna compete with flashy big brand advertising. But you know, it's a budget for small independent shop and network of independent collaborators to, you know, make a go at it and you know, be compensated fairly and then do work for stuff you believe in. Like that's a pretty cool arrangement. 
What's what's what uh what's what's the dream project? The I mean, dream project. Yeah. I have always loved McSweeney's books. I think it'd be really fun to do like a McSweeney's book. Because I'm in this like book mind, like Tom Trenalone, my friend. Oh, it's from, not even a cause anymore. It's yeah, it's like, like I want to go straight up books. Okay, like that's books. fun. That's fun. So um my friend Tom Trenalone has a book that I've been, I'm helping him work on. So it's like if McSweeney's had a book, they put out some some you know great books. I got one about uh, a photography book about Gaza City, which was really beautifully done. So it is like figuring out a way to bring like, you know, high quality design, like with, you know, important stories that need to be told. And that could be, you know, any number of things and make it in a way that both those things come together into something beautiful that, you know, moves people. Like that's a good goal, maybe. Okay. And that, and that, and that sounds like something that has money again. Potentially, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the doing something for any kind of environmental organization is is always something that is also pretty cool. And you know, we have friends who work at Charity Water, and I know they do lots. Or doing something that would cut down a lot of trees, like books. That's right. It's the the weird kind of crossing. Yep. (laughs) I I believe if you ask the people that that do this, though, they they raise those forests just for the the paper. Just for the paper. it's, It's not. I know. I know. Paper has grown differently than other trees. Like they grow straight up and. Print on demand. They're always. automatically reprint or replanted and so forth. So. Yeah. Funny. We'll be right back. So we have Adam here and Adam still. Adam still, you got a year of school left? Nine years of school? 30 years of school left? <laughs> Probably about a year. Do kids graduate anymore? I don't Can know. you graduate during the pandemic or, or is it just an ongoing, you have to go forever now? I didn't know of anyone that graduated during the pandemic, so that's yet to be determined. Okay. And, and I would say that's right. I mean, I went back to teaching, and it's like someone was there who was still like, you're in my class three years ago. It's two-year school. You know? <laughs> I, they were just going back on the side, though. I mean, yeah, they, right. they, they actually had a full-time job, which is which is part of the community college thing. But So maybe maybe they haven't had graduations. So I don't I don't go to the graduation, so I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. How, how are we supposed to know? How do we know? I don't get invitations to those things. Well, if, if Adam ever graduates, what, what advice do you have for this guy? This guy, yeah. One thing is is work really hard in your 20s, so then you can take it a little easier in your 30s. It's like the you get to that point where doing the two job thing now would just be, you know, tough. Because at some point you just want to watch, you know, the finals or um, Game of Thrones. Ozark. Nobody even talks about Game of Thrones anymore. Right. So it's like Ozark. 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 Everybody yeah. wants to just watch that. They don't want to work all night long on something like so. Work hard now so that by the time that comes around, you can be like, yeah, that was a solid day and I don't have to, you know, work all night long at this thing. So that'd be one. But yeah, I think like there's been a lot of interesting things with, you don't have to move to like a, a big happening city. Like, you know, you can, but like you don't have to move to New York to have a good career as a designer. Like I didn't. I have I know friends who, who did and that was great for them. And moving to San Francisco, like lots of opportunities out there, but I mean, you know, we work with clients all over, and it's just kind of like having your vision for what you do for design. Well, you did Mine, work for the Obama campaign, re-election campaign, yep. right here in Nebraska. Yeah, right here in Nebraska. So there have always been these, like, you get the work that you put out there and, like, what you want to do, which is always, like, a, a tricky thing. Like, you got to do X, y, X work to get that work, but how do you get that work in the first place? And, like, once you kind of figure that out, like, you put your best foot forward to get the work that you're hoping to to have other types of work come in for so like 
you know, when I left from being in an agency, like I didn't show any of that agency work. It was all the work that I had done, like for the, the peace organizations or protest signs or like stuff that was like more experimental and on the side that I was like, this is the type of work I want to do moving forward. And stars aligned and that just kind of more of that type of work came in around that time that I was leaving. So it was like, well, this is like I tell lucky. everyone, every every agency in town will do word documents. None of us show them. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Because yeah. You, you show your best work, but you also show the work you want to do. Yeah. So or some mix between those things. So Yeah. And like you start showing word docs and you'll get more work than any of us, but <laughs> you will not be happy. Unless you like word docs and then good for you. I will send them your way. Yeah. I, there are the you know, there are all these examples of like designers who are they work a lot with bands or they work like a lot in publishing or they work with Huddle that does a lot of sports stuff. Startups was a that time of, you know, a few years ago when, you know, it seemed like every startup had like a designer that was part of that. So it's like you can do you can put your design skills towards I think your interests in ways that are really exciting and like you can mold your career and how you want it to be like you don't just have to go work at an agency or a, a studio like there are other opportunities which are fun and make the industry exciting not so expected you know like everybody was just doing the same type of job they were doing like 30 years ago I don't know it's just more interesting now and, and even then like because I think I watched some like uh, Mad Men on the first DVD someone loaned it to me mm-hmm. because I watched it before it was like streaming everywhere or whatever. Yeah. And and they uh, they had like the the extra footage and they're talking they're like in the 60s they're like the reason everyone was drinking five martinis at lunch is cuz it was like TV ad, radio ad, billboard. There wasn't like other or magazine ad. There wasn't like a thousand mediums so you could you could be an expert in a lot of work. Yeah. And now there's just so much that that you can't I mean you can't take that much time off work. <laughs> right, you can't be. I mean, it would be very hard to, to do the job and be drunk all day. I would say. <laughs> so. and, and not everyone, not everyone was drinking five martini lunches, but but right. it was, but it was, it was known. It was, it was, it was, it was something that happened. Yeah, yeah. The internet has made you know lots of opportunities, and I think like web stuff today, like I mean, lots of exciting things that you can focus on and do. Yeah, the uh, the the youth of today, like there's. And it goes back to like the whole does do designers need to learn how to code and stuff and, and you code right yeah so like you know that I think like having other skills like to supplement your design chops is always good like I feel like I've focused more on like writing rather than like I don't code like I just I would prefer to just find a developer so it's like I've made that hard distinction it's like I have no idea <laughs> you know I mean I like know enough to design for the web but I don't code and build the sites. There's a lot of other writing and crafting of the messages that I like to focus on too that I can bring to the table. So when I'm working with clients, there's it's not just like I'm a designer. It's like I need copy, you know. I think you need to have you should be good at good or great at something other than just just straight design. Yeah. Because that might make you stand out from someone that doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of places where and plus they places need like you know somebody that can do eight skills. They'll never find that, but if you have two of them, it's better than just having one, right. per se. So, like animation, so it, like it, some storyboard. Like, coding know, is the one we always throw out there because it's the most obvious, but like if you can write, that's it instead. If you can illustrate, that could be it. Like, yeah. 
I think I think the people that can do one other thing, it's it's beneficial. Now the people that can do thirty things probably don't do any of them well enough. I'm not saying you. Yeah. There is a certain level of specialization here, but it, yeah. it's it's hard to just be like, nope, I'm just a designer. Do you have any specializations? Nope. I mean, not saying you can't do it, but good luck. Yeah, it's like the the skills that we're trying to like during the day, like we have lots of collaborators that I'll work with, you know, like developers, other designers, uh, illustrators, you know, trying to work on with some animation and copywriters. So like the teams are like kind of lots of moving parts and, you know, design is the role I always fill out at the core of it. But, you know, there's lots of other things to like make sure are all in line and buttoned up, like brand management, design direction, you know, helping with the illustration, helping with the writing, all sorts of strategy stuff. seems to be a hot one right now. Yeah, strategy, yeah, put that on your business card. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I don't specialize in strategy, so I don't quite know what it means. But yeah. I see it. But I I've seen it in the last five years. It's really popped up. It's it's up there. Storytelling. I think that was one for a while. Like I'm, we're storytellers. But yeah, the um, I like to do. I'm, I'm a designer and I'm a collaborator and I do activism type projects. Is like where I I like to sort of be. It's like, because working with, being independent for so long, like, we're in a, I'm in a co-working spot now with Jake Welchert and Adam Casey, and, you know, there's, we're not a studio, we're just like, we just work together, and sometimes we work on projects as one team, and sometimes it's just like, we're just, you know, in the space, but, you know, you don't want to, like, being alone in your basement, like, if I was in that setup, like, I want to be connected to other people working and collaborating and that's where design is the most fun in my mind justin thank you very much for being on the show where do people go to find out more about you other than other than obviously uh to get your book but where do they find out more about your work and, and maybe your co-working space and so forth justinkimberling.com it's just like straight up name yeah like i try to keep that pretty current there's some writing on there, projects, work. Typefaces all swapped out. All new good. typefaces. Go there. Check it out. <laughs> you, just get, you just get a random font generator thing and just have it to where it automatically randomizes it each time someone's there. It'll look like you're updating your site like That'd three times sweet. a day. I really like that idea. That'd be hilarious. Of course, the client with money would show up the day that picks dingbats. <laughs> <laughs> Something you can't read. Or just comic sans everywhere. Yeah. Just or I would just see it and they'd be like, oh, they're pulling David Carson and then give you more money. <laughs> Isn't that how it works? Always tricks. You can make, yeah, a gift, make that a gift somehow and you're, you're gone. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Beery is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dust Lab. Thank you.